Welcome back to Raven's Recap. Guys, I think this is the first time we ever recorded a preview episode before the opposing team has actually played their week game. <laughs> so we're recording this Monday night, about 30 minutes before the start of the Patriots game. So Chris, thanks for joining us and uh, risking the opportunity to watch your, your team on primetime for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, haven't been really able to watch them much this year, but Glad to be back and uh, looking forward to talking about the game coming up. Yeah, this is a big change from last year. Last year when we played you guys, uh, you were undefeated. You had a different quarterback and you had a lot more people playing defense. uh, But with COVID (laughs) opt-outs, you had two of your big players, uh, Patrick Chung and Devonta Hightower, both say, I'll see you next year. How's this team been this year? Uh, Well, record-wise, no good. Two and five. And of course, the... uh, Bills, as everyone knows, decided to have a great year this year. So they're what six and two or seven and two. I've lost track, but and the and Dolphins, so, they're five and, and three. The, the yeah. Dolphins have won five games, so it looks like the division race is already over. Considering we lost to the Bills a couple weeks ago, but uh, anyways, the I don't know. The team we've got this year is very, very below standards of where it's been the last twenty years. You don't even recognize it. The casual fan probably wouldn't even recognize anybody unless you pay attention to offensive linemen or anything like that. I mean, we got a new quarterback, receivers are injured, running backs are injured, star players opting out because of COVID last minute. Can't fault that, obviously, but last minute, what are you going to do to replace them? So it's a very different team this year. It's kind of, it's very different. Well, I guess the place to start with talking about this is the quarterback position, which you guys were spoiled for so long with with <laughs> Mr. Brady, great system quarterback of all time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, just, don't get me I just mess with you. I just mess with you, man. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. This is, this is a good week for for that argument after after that uh, atrocious showing last night, where there the uh, the AB return tour got put on hold. But um, yeah, so you guys got Cam Newton under center, which going into the season, it's very interesting. We we were. Uh, we were trumpeting on this show that the Steelers should... Why were the Steelers not considering picking up Cam Newton? He's got to have more left in the tank than Ben Roethlisberger. And it's kind of, at least if you're looking at it right now, although Newton started off the season strong, it's been the opposite. What's your take on Newton? I mean, are you? do you think his his running ability is, is, a, is a plus or... With his struggles, I guess, you know, obviously Edelman is, has been out since like week, week three about... Is it just he doesn't have anyone to throw to or is he really just that rusty? I think it's a mixture of both. Um, I mean, the weapons, I mean, I don't think any quarterback would be able to survive with the weapons we got right now. I mean, Edelman's been out for a few weeks. Nikhil Harry, we, we can get to, has not developed into much of anything. He's been inactive for a few weeks now with the concussion. Um, but the first three weeks, I mean, if you look at Cam, you would think he was going back to his MVP form from 2015. He looked very good. Um, we had two good victories. We, I mean, we had the Seahawks almost beat. We got stuffed at the one-yard line to end the game, but he was he threw for like around 400 yards. I mean, looks like everyone's doing that against the Seahawks this year, but still 400 yards is 400 yards. So, but then he got COVID, and, he, and then he basically didn't practice for a week and a half, two weeks. Seemed to have lost some rhythm. They're not, they're, for whatever reason, he's not running as much as he was the first month or so. So, um, I think he's been, he got rusty from COVID, and then Guys went down and didn't wasn't able to practice. So, sort of a recipe for disaster in the NFL nowadays. 
Yeah, we saw how the uh, intensive protocol the Ravens went through this week kind of impacted their play last week. Felt like it took a whole half of them to actually show up in Indianapolis. So I can imagine, you know, your quarterback missing uh, all that time. You could get out of sync. Yeah, and he's never really been um, like Brady. I don't know, They're all about timing, all the timing routes they would do every year. And that's not really Cam's game. So they're already he already joined the team late. And then by the time they got something going, it was he gets COVID. So back to square one again. Yeah. And, you know, he was having some success running the ball. But you've seen your number one draft pick, Sony Michelle, kind of fall into uh, irrelevance. And you've got a hodgepodge of uh, the two standbys, James White and uh, Rex Burkhead. And then the new uh, hotshot, Damian Harris. How do you feel about this three-headed monster or three-headed, uh, I don't know, clown squad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're all about the same. They're all good in some way, but not spectacular at all. I mean, Michelle's had that, a great postseason run two years ago when he went call fire in the playoffs. Other than that, he's gotten really no breakaway speed. He's... He seems to be lacking his agility, his speed. He gets injured a lot now. He's been injured. He's injured again right now. Damien Harris, he was the preseason darling. Of course, everyone who's in fantasy knows. <laughs> he, and he, he, of course, he's been out. He comes back and has a one good game, and then he's back to like a couple carries here and there. So then James White missed a few games. Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead. He's nothing spectacular. He'll get you like 30 yards, 40 yards. That's about it. Nothing spectacular. And Harris and Michelle aren't really much of a receiving threat. So when they're in the game, you almost know it's going to be a run. And James White's the opposite. He's just a pass catching back for the most part. So again, nothing spectacular. I do think James White might be your, uh, he might be the guy you guys lean on because I could see a a game flow where he gets a lot of balls in the flat uh, kind of, makes a move on one of our defenders, you know, on a linebacker and tries to find separation that way. Do you, do you foresee that being a game plan? Uh, if we want to be able to move the ball, I think it's going to be the only way. Um, <laughs> although now with Calais Campbell uh, nicked up a little bit, maybe there'll be a little bit more running room, but I don't know. We'll see what the game plan is with Cam. Like I said, they haven't been running as much with him recently, but I don't foresee we'll get, we'll get, we can get to it, but I don't, don't foresee uh, us being able to throw the ball much, if at all even with the Ravens secondary down a couple guys here and there. I guess, yeah, I guess we can talk about that now. I mean, I, I want to say like something about how I could see the Ravens defending these receivers, but I'll be honest, I haven't watched the Patriots yet this year. I guess I will in an hour, but I don't know anything about Jacoby Myers or uh, Demir Beard. You obviously know the Ravens as well as the Patriots, but do either of these guys like, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey against these guys. Do these guys even catch a pass? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be lucky if they get open uh, before garbage time. I mean, Jacoby Myers, like he's he's kind of put in a couple of decent weeks, but I mean, he's an undrafted rookie free agent from that we got last year. And then Demir Bird, he's just been a guy who's been around the league for a few years. I can't remember if he was drafted or not. He might have been undrafted too. And can't forget about Gunnar Olszewski. <laughs> He's also <laughs> undrafted. So those are our top three receivers right now on the outside. So I don't foresee them being able to beat even Marlon Humphrey missing practice for a week or a week and a half. <laughs> I don't see him 
yeah. any of them getting open against Peters or Humphrey anytime soon. Or Jimmy Smith. Good grief. Or Jimmy Smith, yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's unfortunate, man. Like you just look at that and the only thing I know about Bird is that a couple people were like, he's the only guy like with a heartbeat. He might be a decent DFS play, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like But yeah, this this offense is just super super sad. And if you are on the ESPN website, all you see is red. I think more people are injured or questionable than uh, healthy on this team. Yeah, that, that doesn't even get to the tight ends. We drafted two this past year in the draft, and they've both been pretty much injured all year. One's, I think one was just placed on IR last week or the week before. Yeah, Devin um, Asasi or whatever. Yeah, Asiasi, yeah. So neither one has been able to make much of an impact at all. So, and then our third tight end, I think he's been in MIA for most of the year too. So it's been a struggle trying to find anybody to get open the last few weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I know the Patriots offense wasn't that great last year. I mean, one of the big complaints was that, like, Brady's got nobody to throw to, and that's why he decided to get all upset and leave for Tampa and <laughs> have the party down there and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, like, honestly, like, at some point, too, it's, like, I think a lot of the core guys, like Edelman, like, still there. Like, O-line, for the most part, I think a lot of guys are, are still there. Also, doesn't – I think the Patriots have kind of been known for a team that they can pretty much throw in whoever they want and, like, people that you wouldn't even know and, like, they would get good performance out of them because of the the long time – Skarnecchia, I think, was the long-time O-line coach that the Patriots had, right. which is a genius. He was very good at, at throwing in anybody. But, like, I think for me it's just, like, it feels like on the surface it's not that much different than what was there last year, but now it just seems like the sky's falling and, like, nothing can get done. Like, I know you just said, Chris, that they drafted two tight ends this year, but like, did they spend any other draft capital or like dollars on offense at all besides Cam Newton? No, that's the thing. We, I mean, we were already lacking in salary cap. We have uh, twenty six million dollars in dead cap because of Brady's contract, Gronk's contract, and AB's AB disaster. We paid him like what ten. So Tampa Bay's salary? <laughs> yeah, we we paid we paid AB ten the ten million dollars for four catches and against Miami last year. Oh, so okay. we got so much dead cap, and then we didn't again for like every year now. We don't go after any receivers in free agency or the draft. So I'm not really sure what the reason for that is. I mean, salary cap, yes, but even when we do have some salary cap, we don't even go after anyone that's definitely going to make a difference. Um, I know it must be the team building strategy that Belichick wants to follow, but at some point you got to get a, you got to have somebody on the outside that can beat man one on one coverage at some point during the game to make a play can't rely on a 35 year old at home in every game yeah it looks like an early 2010s draft for the ravens first five picks safety linebacker linebacker tight end tight end they pulled that stunt two tight ends <laughs> and they were like you know what kicker guard tackle another linebacker why not and then a center <laughs> that was their draft this yeah, year yeah <laughs> he he went belichick went back to his early 2000s um drafting defense and linemen trying to win with running the ball and defense but Obviously, that hasn't really worked out the last few weeks. I was gonna say, even they, they could pick up Jonathan Taylor, pick up like you know J.K. Dobbins, like all these like really good running backs that could have gotten in the second round. But not to mention the so many stud receivers. There's been the last two drafts that we've passed on just to get Nikhil Harry. It's <laughs> yeah. so, so disappointing. Yeah, that, that does make it a little sad. I think. I mean, 
I mean, the Ravens aren't good at, good at drafting receivers either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, to to spend the capital in the first round and to get Nikhil Harry, yeah, that's got to be upsetting. Yeah, I mean, DK Metcalf, Debo, AJ Brown. There's so many guys out there. Yep. Yeah, the only one you couldn't got was Hollywood. He was the second receiver taken yeah. the draft. A, a draft, like you said, just full of studs. I mean, DK Metcalf might be the number one wide receiver of fantasy next year, right? Like, I mean, he's going to be it this year uh, at the rate he's going. I mean, I don't want don't want to speak hyper, I don't want to speak hyperbole, but he's got Hall of Fame talent. So, <laughs> but he couldn't do the code drill, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. I mean that's all that's all fun and games until you know that's a defensive strategy that's employed just set up set the cones on the field <laughs> stop them <laughs> I feel like is this is this like the the second episode in like three three episodes that we've talked about DK Metcalf now I feel like we brought yeah, him up I, recently it is because every team we've talked to recently had an opportunity to draft the man and picked somebody else that was inferior. You had JJ Arcega Whiteside for the Eagles, and they were like, "Nah." And uh, that's right. And, and yeah, that's why we. It's not just him, right? But it, he's the biggest example of like everyone passed on him. And there's been some good ones, like AG Brown's good. No one's like mad about having him. Debo Samuel's good, but yeah, it's uh, not great. Also, I mean, the running backs, too. We took Sony Michelle in the first round two years ago. And, I mean, could have had Nick Chubb. He was picked four or five picks after. Oh, yeah. And there's some other guys around that that we passed on. And, I mean, to be honest, we didn't really need a running back at the time. So, could have had so many other guys there that were available. Yeah, looking at your last few drafts, it looks like only every once in a while do you take a swing on an offensive player. Like, almost never. It's, it's, it's remarkable that anyone plays on offense. And when you do lately you get like the worst person in their position, like relative to the draft capital in the whole draft. So it's, I, I can imagine it's really been pulling the team down the last few years. Oh yeah. I was actually just reading a thing on ESPN a few days ago that that uh, I can't take credit for it, but uh, Bill Barnwell for us put on ESPN a pretty good article about just talking about just the end of the dynasty and what all discussing all the different problems that we've got and how we're going to move forward. And like, you can just see out of since what, 2013, I think it was basically if out of the first two rounds, we've have nobody that was chosen that's made an impact or is even still with the team first and second round. So that's really your bread and butter of your stars. And especially on rookie deals that that's how you get your team going. And you've had no one, no one has been able to deliver much of anything um, for almost like five or six years now. so. But I mean, we, we got to ask the question, right? I mean, was it worth it? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw the quote Belichick had a few days ago. He said that um, basically we went all in for the Super Bowl, went four times in five years and won three. So <laughs> you can't argue with the results. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, come on, like things might be bad now, but like anybody will take that trade. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and you left out the, the previous decade too, where you guys <laughs> went to, to four and one three as well. So, right. Yeah. I mean, usually you go all in for one or two. You're lucky if you get there. And I mean, the Pats what went nine times in 20 years and now things are different now, but so is that your situation? You have a ton of dead cap. Uh, I know you said you had it this year. Is it going to persist for a couple more years or just this year? No, I we I want to say around sixty or seventy million in cap space for next year. Uh, we have uh, coming um, available. Um, we'll see if that 
just just for the kitchen, especially with the cap. We don't know what the cap's going to be with COVID or no, but uh, we see if we uh, they're talking about maybe dealing Stefan Gilmore to free up some cap space um, and some other guys with high priced contracts. So maybe that'll free up some more space, but either way we need a, we're going to need a quarterback for the future and some more weapons. So we'll see if they can make anything out of the cap space we have. Yeah. It's undeniable that this rivalry, all of its energy is being sapped out of it. I think as uh, the Ravens, Patriots rivalry kind of dwindles as you guys work on a rebuild. Uh, it seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers one got a, a shot of adrenaline, uh, and that that rivalry is right back at top form with uh, Big Ben back and just an overall uh, solid team. Yeah, I don't. This might be one of the last matchups for a couple of years, depending on how the rotation goes in the schedule, because I don't see the Pats and Ravens finishing in the same spot in the division for the next couple of years unless things drastically change in the next year or so. Let's think about this. So this year is playing the AFC South, and then last year was the... Yeah, last year with the East. Yeah. Right. Right, so if the if the Ravens and, and Patriots don't finish the same position in the standings, yeah, then it'll be next two seasons. Yeah. 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 Well, it seems like a, a guarantee this year, so... <laughs> yeah. We'll see you in two years. Yeah. Well, there's still, there's still a lot of games to be played. But yeah, I think I will agree that right now it does not look super great for you guys, especially with how Josh Allen and, and Tua are breathing huge new life into both the Bills and Dolphins. I do think we do sh- should talk a bit about the defense, though. I mean, offense, you guys, yeah, you guys have a lot of a lot of things to look out for. But there's still, you know, you still got have some guys, uh, Jason McCourty, Adrian Phillips, uh, Devin McCourty, John Simon from some pretty good uh Patriots defenses uh you guys are, are ranked in the top 10 as far as a pass defense rush defense you guys are, are bottom five but is is that unit still good enough that if you had at least a competent offense that you could feel good about this team or as injuries catching up there as well uh I would say a little bit of injuries but depth is the main concern um especially on the linebacker position at least the top four, if not the top five linebackers from last year are, are all gone. Uh, well, Hightower opted out for the season for COVID, but we lost Van Noy, uh, Jamie Collins, and Elandon Roberts. So we're down the top four linebackers. Former Raven Lawrence Guy, who turned his career around on the, on the past on the D-line, he's probably been their best D-lineman the last year or two, and now he's been out the last couple of weeks. So that's why our rush defense has uh, fallen off. Because um, again, we have for whatever reason, there's not much depth at the D line, also. So then, I mean, the secondary is very, still very good. We said obviously we have Gilmore, uh, the McCordy twins, uh, J.C. Jackson from Maryland. Actually, he's been really good interception in I think three straight games. He's an up and coming star. So the second, like I said, the secondary is there. It's very good. That's why our pass defense is still pretty good. And you saw like, in the Chiefs game how our Secondary is all mostly a bunch of veterans. They played with each other for two, three, four years now, so they all know each other and they communicate really well. Um, but the the front seven lacks depth, lacks star players. To, that's really going to make a difference. So that's why our run defense has dropped to the bottom of the league the last few weeks. Yeah, I do want to say, not completely off topic, but a little bit. You know, you bring up Lawrence Guy. It is funny. We 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 do make fun of the Jets for picking up so many. Ex Ravens guys who are a little washed up, but the Patriots actually do have a couple. And I wouldn't say these guys are washed up, but yeah, like you said, Lawrence Guy was solid with the Ravens, but he has elevated his game a bit with the Patriots. But you guys also have John Simon, 
who only played one year with the Ravens and bounced around a lot of other teams, but he has has had a place on this defense the past couple of years. And then Terrence Brooks seems to have found a home with the Patriots as well. And we all remember that he was a frustration with his time here with the Ravens. Has he found his footing in, in on the Patriots? I mean, I, that might be an off-topic question, but I, <laughs> I just have to ask, because if, if Terrence Brooks actually, if the Patriots turn Terrence Brooks into something, I mean, then you have to have some confidence about that there's still some magic in this coaching staff. <laughs> no, he's um, he's been good when he's been a reserve player and just playing definitely on special teams and the third safety role, uh, especially down in the box. But again, this year, because of injuries and uh, Patrick Chung, obviously now he's had to start a few games and he's not your uh, typical NFL starter at safety at this point. I don't believe so. Um, yeah. Fascinating. He's still in the NFL. Yeah. That's probably all the time we need to uh, give to Terrence Brooks. <laughs> I was going to say, well, Hey, uh, you know, at least he's still in the NFL. and like a uh, fellow draftee, Matt Elam. <laughs> Don't forget about uh, another former Raven, uh, Jermaine Illuminor. The pass traded for him beginning of last season. Oh, that's right. And, yeah, that's right. right. And be, yeah. Uh, off the tackle, and, and because of uh, the starting right tackle opted out, he had to start a couple games early in the year. And again, he was supposed to be a reserve. So we know how that turned out. <laughs> Hasn't been that good. Yeah, I mean, with the Ravens' interior line uh, position, as we just discussed in the previous episode, is getting a little thin. But yeah, Illuminor is definitely was definitely not the answer. <laughs> no, no. So I guess we can start talking about like we've we've talked a little bit about where the Patriots are, what what the state is with guys injuries, get, shuffling guys in. As a guy who watches both the Patriots and the Ravens, I'm just looking at at the. The first thing I, I, that I'm thinking about as something that might, big might, give the Patriots somewhat of an advantage here is we don't know yet how this current Ravens group would, handles mobile quarterbacks. The closest thing to mobile quarterback the Ravens have faced this year is uh, Deshaun Watson, and he's he's becoming less of a mobile quarterback as his career goes on. He's on pace for career low in rushing yards this season, but the Patriots are using Cam a lot as a as a rushing quarterback. I'm interesting to see how that what the Ravens implement to contain that side of Newton's game. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, I mean, we're going to have to run the ball for, I don't know, 200 yards just to put up a decent amount of points. So we'll see if he actually, if he, if Cam runs the ball more this come, coming weekend and even going forward than he has the last few weeks. Um, because like we just talked about, there's not much on the outside to throw to. And the Ravens secondary is very strong and a lot of stars out there. So, yeah, it feels like your only path to victory. It really does. Yeah, I mean, last week against the Bills, I mean, it was a close game, but basically on every third down, we were running the ball, no matter no matter the distance. So <laughs> tells you, that tells you what tells you all you need to know. No, I know it's still, you know, obviously the, uh, like, well, the Patriots are playing in about ten minutes. Um, but do you know if you're uh, going to get any guys back by the time that they play the Ravens next week? Um. Hoping we'll get the uh, Gilmore back, Lawrence Guy back, because they've both been out. This will be two weeks in a row, I think it is. Um, so hopefully the two of them will be back next week. Hopefully at least one of the tight ends comes back and we can actually get them on the field for a little bit. But um, I don't expect that to be much of a difference maker on offense, at least. Sony Michelle might be back, but like we said, Damian Harris is already there and they're almost the same player. 
So not much of a difference maker there. One question I have for you is another game flow I could see in your favor, like uh, you know, a timeline where you guys win this game is by the defense just completely startling Lamar and make him make mistakes that result in touchdowns. What kind of packages do you think they're going to deploy against our team to slow down the running game and make sure that Lamar doesn't have time to pass? I could see um, the a lot of safety, uh, three or f- three and four safeties on the field, especially with uh, Adrian Phillips, the um, former Charger. He was actually a first team All Pro two three years ago. Um, he's sort of a hybrid safety and linebacker. I could see him being a spy on Lamar and following him around, at least sort of contain him in the pocket, see if that. Uh, limits his rushing yardage. We drafted two linebackers this year, and so I don't imagine either one of them really being a spy on Lamar much at all. One of them, I think, has been out injured too. So, um, limited options there. Do I do uh, predictions or? We could. I didn't know if we wanted to talk about any more matchups, but it might just be from the, the, the gist I'm getting right now from from Macris is it's just <laughs> we'll just we'll just see how the Patriots hold on. <laughs> which is such I a mean, weird I thing mean, to say. <laughs> unless Belichick has some amazing game plan, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I mean he kept the the Chiefs game closed for three, three and a half quarters and if we had competent quarterback play because Cam didn't play that game, there was a chance for that game to be had. I mean we had two drives inside the ten and um, Hoyer took a sack and fumbled and, and we had two turnovers inside the 10 so he cost us maybe two touchdowns and mm. so the game got away from us at the end but so if uh, maybe second time around seeing Lamar Belichick will have some uh, better game plan than he had last year for Lamar and contain him a little bit better especially the running game maybe that'll keep the game closer than it should be for uh, maybe at least three quarters. See how the fourth quarter goes if you get to the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, the Ravens, you know, they don't look like world beaters that they were last year. I mean, they're definitely a more vulnerable team. I think a lot of the top teams this year are pretty vulnerable. So, I mean, if the Patriots are able to keep some of those games close, even against the Chiefs, I mean, definitely a possibility that it could go the same way for the Ravens. I mean, don't expect them to put up 500, 600 yards on the ground and score 40 points. I mean, they've only... Yeah. You know, that, that's not what they've done this year. So, right. Were they able to keep the game closed with the Chiefs by generating pressure with only four men? Is that their scheme or? Actually, they uh, had a strategy where they were, they were dropping eight in coverage. They, they weren't really showing it before pre, pre-snap, but then they would drop eight in the coverage. Um, some of it would be zone, some would be man on the outside. And Mahomes seemed to be confused for at least the first half. He was definitely struggling to figure it out. And then um, the fourth quarter got away from us, mostly because of like two or three interceptions that Stidham and Hoyer threw. But mm-hmm. So maybe something like that could happen this Sunday to keep the game close. Well, see, why didn't that happen when the Ravens played the Chiefs? They blitz everybody at the line, and then the host is just like, nah, I'm going to just drop some dimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely not the strategy that Belichick had for that game. All right, good to know. I guess with that, we're going to go into our predictions for the show. Uh, we like to have our guests go first. So we always offer a bold prediction and then our score prediction. So torn. <laughs> Do I uh, <laughs> use common sense for the game? <laughs> so I guess bold prediction. I'll be, I'll be very bold. Cam will throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Himself. Himself. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. James, James James White will catch two two of them. Wow, you very specific prediction here. <laughs> I think Chris Backers is going. He's the boldest bold prediction we've had on the show. That might be yeah better than the hundred receiving yards by uh, Dobbins for. Wait, 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 wait. What about what about a uh, uh, Bengals card collector with his five touchdowns for Joe? Well, I mean, you know, Joe Burrow. He, he's really the only bad game he's had is was against the Ravens. So I guess actually, yeah, I, I guess I will say that prediction wasn't super out there. Oh man. <laughs> You have a score prediction, Chris? Uh, even we, even with all that, uh, I'll say the the Ravens pull it out thirty-one twenty-one. It'll maybe it'll still stay close for maybe three quarters, and then the Ravens will pull away in the fourth. I have a good bold prediction that I just thought of right now, and it feels pretty darn bold. I'm going to say Justin Matabuke registers a sack in this game, which I believe would be his first. For the score prediction, I don't see a way for the Patriots to win. Unless Cam is reborn and uh, Nikhil Harry decides to be a football player worth uh, his salt. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say the Ravens uh, put on a show like they did last year. We're going to say 38 to 3. Ravens. Oof. Oof. That's rough. <laughs> I just, I'm just not sure how your team does it. You're, you don't have the runners to really get the running game going. It looks like our run defense is still pretty stout, even without Calais Campbell. And uh, the wide receivers, even against our secondary, like they're not the ones. <laughs> so I just don't, I don't know how you're going to get down the field unless we give you some easy field position, which is possible. Like your defense is going to be the key. So I've been going back and forth on my bold prediction because I don't like to disrespect guests when they come on by disrespecting their team. But <laughs> because Alec is forcing me to make this my bold prediction because of his score prediction. My bold prediction is that the Ravens get a shutout in this game. Oh, man. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I'm going to say it's 27 Yikes. to 0. Man, oh, man. How Ravens wow. Patriots has changed if that is what indeed happens. <laughs> How the tides have turned. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I won't throw out that much disrespect. Uh, I'll say my score prediction Uh, you know the the Ravens have only been scoring about between 20 and 30 points the last couple of weeks I'll say that they can score score 31 points here I'll say uh I'll say 31 14 I think there might be a garbage time touchdown here or there so say 31 14 and um I will say that my poll prediction is that Dobbins has a second 100 yard rushing game nice I like that (laughs) <laughs> that could definitely happen the run defense has been pretty poor the last couple of weeks against the 49ers and bills so yeah and it seems like mr inevitable is starting to actually get some some pretty serious snaps i'm definitely a, a pro just like however long ingram needs to get healthy give him an extra week on top of that because i think these two can handle it for the time being and it'd be awesome to have him be super fresh for a playoff run it appears that way we'll see Chris, thanks so much for joining us. I'm sorry that your team is not as exciting as it was last year to talk about. Hopefully, uh, you'll just enjoy watching the Ravens instead. And talk, and talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how things turn out. Uh, don't haven't had much hope this year, but we'll see. We can always turn turn it around. Still got a good coaching staff, so you never know. But again, thanks again for having me on. Glad I could uh, preview the game, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, maybe they'll win tonight, and they'll have some momentum. But uh, Something tells me Joe Flacco has other ideas. 
So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Flacco has a over 100 quarterback rating right now. <laughs> oh. Elite Dragon coming back. <laughs> and apparently, apparently, uh, according to correspondent, Kfish should have had a touchdown, but Perryman dropped it. So, you know, some things, st- some things stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we wrap up Ravens recap. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. We're trying to, you know, continue to produce good content throughout the week, share things that we find, and, uh, keep you guys up to date with all the happenings with the Ravens. Send us some feedback, feedback at ravensrecap.com, or you can always mention us on Twitter. And we'll see you next week. Go Ravens!